Hello and welcome to OBS in Lockdown. This week we're talking to Katie from 5283. Our chosen subject is Marketing and Operations. Is a new level of teamwork required? Well hello everybody and welcome to another OBS in Lockdown. As you know we've been uh, talking about some uh, you know, general subjects um, across the industry and marketing wasn't on my list at the beginning, but actually, so as we got Rora and Rora, I thought, actually, yeah, ops and marketing, we don't often like get it right 100% of the time. And sometimes we can, it can be quite a testy relationship as well. So I thought, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, and I asked Katie, who's kindly doing a lot of the marketing stuff uh, for the Shaper Group and Ops Shaper and the Ops Nest. Um, if you wouldn't mind coming in and talking with me about just why that is, what we could do to make things better. And obviously, the, what's coming next is going to need us to get on really well and to work in tandem with each other so much um, in such a better, more efficient way. So Katie's um, uh, the founding person, partner, MD of 5283. Um, She's been in the industry for about 15 years. She's been on the organizer side. She's kind of been on the outside, outsourced side. She's been working with contractors and suppliers and tech companies and all kinds of stuff. So welcome, Katie. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, good. A bit nervous. I'm always nervous in front of ops people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you might need to have the conversation, eh? <laughs> right. So let's start with our immediate future. Mm. How do we work together to manage on-site delivery in a more cohesive way, I guess? Well, I think it's it's going to be tough, isn't it? There's going to be so much anticipation and interpretation from our visitors and exhibitors. Um, I think from an exhibitor point of view, it's just going to, there's going to be a lot of pressure on exhibitors to, to make that value, you know, for some of those, especially the smaller businesses that have perhaps been locked into contracts where this is their last pennies. I don't know if you've ever worked on a show like that, but I have, and it was um, tense. Um, and this is, you know, these people, it's, it's, for some of them, it's their last pennies. It's everything they've got. They need to make it work. And so I think, you know, marketing and ops are going to have to really work together to, to improve that and to make sure that value that values there um and also to help balance perhaps any rebookings that might happen on site or sales pressures you know it's it's going to be quite yeah. tough um i don't know how organizers are going to manage that but um it makes me feel a bit mm. <laughs> yeah yeah um we are we're all going to have to work more closely as a team aren't we um because I wouldn't be surprised if we're going back into an environment where there's fewer people um, than there would be, or we'd hope there to be, just mm. to make numbers work and an event to go over the line. Mm. Um, I, think, I don't think it's just going to be ops and sales that are figuring out who's bitten the ropes and posts out. I think it's going to be a bit more all hands on deck, mm. um, isn't it? Um, so do you think how do you think that marketing are seeing kind of the awareness of the end environment like 
how how much influence do you think marketing are going to want to have on how that message when you know somebody gets to a show um and what they see and and the experience that they have where's where's your guys head at in that well, I think for us, you know, bringing people back to events is going to be a huge challenge for marketers to get people to register and then to attend. And that conversion, my worry is the conversion is going to go down. Um, but what's going to be really important is that um, there's not going to be one rule fits all for every event. So I think it's really important that we communicate with each event's audiences in the way that they're used to being communicated to. Because, you know, from safety messages, uh, I've, I walk around the high street, I've, I know that many people must do, and you see every single shop is communicating safety in a completely different way. Um, and what I think is really important, and what the brands that really, really get it, are the brands that continue from the very first email that somebody receives all the way through to their experience on site, and that they're communicated with in the way they know how, and the way they're used to, and if they see that that's not that's gonna they're gonna buy into that and they're gonna be much more likely i think to then do what you need to do you know you know do what you need them to do on site um mm. i think it's gonna be really and careful feel more at home. exactly yeah it's be really careful not to sort of be too brash um um hand sanitizer temperature temperature gauges whatever it's going to be is going to be quite an unfamiliar and daunting aspects our registration areas are not going to be the welcome that we've we want them to have <laughs> so we need to communicate right. that to visitors from the get-go yeah and i wonder i mean there's we are a creative industry aren't we so by the time the, the problem that we have and i'm sure you're you're the same is that yeah we're looking at a go date hopefully of like two months i'm going to say two months because that's what i hope for a go date of kind of months from from now and and our entire society is going to go through two months of desensitization to all of this by then as well so we're kind of planning with what we kind of see in our day-to-day -day lives but we're going to be two months beyond that so trying to figure out what the tone is two months from now um is a tough one because we're we're all um we've got uh, we've still got seven shows that haven't fallen in the autumn and so we and we are desperately wanting to crack on and you know, get signage schedules sorted hoping that they will go ahead but the problem we've got is that nobody um, wants to go down that road yet mm. we don't know what that tone even looks like either mm. I mean it's proper stab in the dark you know plant a flag and then just hold on to it and figure it out as you go along isn't it mm. And I think that I know quite a few organisers that are working on, they have three, four, five floor plans going at the moment uh, for every eventuality. Um, and three, four, yeah. five datelines as well. Yeah. <laughs> thing. I mean, we're planning these shows, but we're not actually planning them. We're just planning versions of them. And, and that, I guess the concerning thing is if they do all go ahead, we've, we've got you know, a pretty shocking few weeks ahead of us. <laughs> Nothing's expected to. I think, you know, marketers, when we look at a, a traditional visitor acquisition campaign for an exhibition, marketers are looking at a 12 week cycle. So we normally start 12 weeks out before. I know that many exhibition companies now are opening registration six months before, but the traditional 12 mm. weeks is what we normally have as a run up. So if that's condensed into two months, you know, 
the pressure, a bit like ops really, the pressure to deliver um, and that constant, people are going to be constantly checking that pre-reg figure, which actually, mm. uh, we all know, being on site people, that pre-reg is a bit of vanity really, because we don't know what that conversion is going to be like. So there's going to be a lot of pressure mm. on pre-reg when actually it's not going to tell us that much money. It's not going to tell us that much information, sorry. It's all going to be about who actually attends. Free, free it's free 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 <laughs> money. Get some money in. So, um, yeah. So who, in who, an ideal world which clearly we're not in, but in an ideal world who should be the first department to broach that subject of how we translate uh, the message into one site should it be ops or should it be marketing i think what marketing need to know from ops and which is this is this movable beast really is what are the technical specifications what do we need people to do we need people to go to a we need people to go to b and we need people to go to do c um, we need to know that so that we can then write a communications plan on how to do that i think we're going to be led on ops in terms of regulations and legislation because to be quite honest most of the time most marketeers are too busy trying to keep up with the latest digital communications and you know they've got some marketing um, some managing director who's just flown in and gone i need a TikTok strategy that's what we're dealing with so if you could come to us and tell us what you know the latest um regulations are and legislations are then we can then yeah. translate that into a communications plan i think that's where there's a real disparity between the two teams i know that i've often gone i want to build this and ops have gone how we're not going to be able to do that but also mm. vice versa i've not been able to be um have the full picture of what operations can deliver and sometimes i get on site often get on site and go wow i didn't know you could do that that's so inspiring so i think that communication yeah. between the two teams is going to be really really important yeah uh, yeah i think it's a, it's a little bit like We've, we've kind of got into some really bad habits over the last year, few years, I, I think. Um, and one of them has been that we're not engaging that front of house, that, that kind of front of house piece that used to be so strong, like marketing and ops used to drive the front of house piece in a big way. And now it feels more like, you know, it's a hot potato. Oh, no, you, you, you take charge of it. No, you take charge of it. No, you take charge of it. And there's always that bit at the end of the, the pre-open day where that hot potato lands in Ops's um, lap because marketing of each site and, and reg isn't ready and you mm. end up lifting and shifting and stuff. Mm. In the pre-show planning as well, I was just talking to um, Liz from EP yesterday actually about um, that connection between um, not just what happens when people get into the building but how how that experience is in the run-up and even there we've got a disconnect because security ops and the venue quite often are not having a three-way conversation either at the moment so ops and venue will have their venue planning meeting but as we talked about loads on these sessions that planning meeting is a planning meeting between pretty much two parties and not stakeholder meeting if security in that equation then the three parties could map that out and deli easily deliver that onto your doorstep for you to then come up with you know, what you want, that, what that could look like. Mm. That's another thing on our list of we've, if we're coming out of this, we're coming out strong. And that's some of the one of the things we're going to have to do differently. 
Yeah, and I definitely think you're right. I think there's a real disconnect there um, when it comes to the visitor experience. You know, who's responsible for the visitor experience on site? We talk about attendee experience a lot, and I've sat through so many sessions. But whose responsibility is that? Um, and I would say that is definitely a teamwork, but that should be driven by marketing. You know, we, we should know our attendees. We should know the personas and the personalities that are coming to our event. And we should be able to say to you, look, this is who they are. We should be able to provide you with that information. This is a bit of insight into what they're used to. Um, and then and then work out that how we deliver that on site. But I, do, I definitely think that I've been to a lot of registration areas um, and seen lots of show opens that have been very sad. Um, and that's not from a bill perspective necessarily. It's just from a, a thought, you know, thought through process, really. It's kind of feel like yeah. sometimes it feels like registration is the last piece of the puzzle. Oh, we just need to get them in quickly. And actually, it mm. can be part of the welcoming experience. I wonder, I mean, we're going totally off tangent here. Probably. Sorry. I've only asked one question on my list so far. <laughs> um, by the way, if you can hear any snoring in the background, it's my dog. <laughs> and louder and louder and louder. <laughs> um, anyway, um, well, I wonder if it's to do with uh, the marketing and ops functions going cross, cross business within organisers because we, I don't know about you, but quite often, you know, we'll be working across a whole series of events, so kind of, you know, four or five events for a company and marketing will be doing the same, but the core show team won't be. Mm. Um, it's always marketing and ops that are kind of being pulled a, across a broader stretch. Mm. Um, and then, and we're the ones that need to collaborate the most. And we just don't have the time um, to do that. Mm is a more immediate priority right we've got a question and bearing in mind I've, I've been absolutely rubbish over the last couple of weeks of managing to fit chat questions in um <laughs> i have answers to the questions on back on the site for anyone that did ask a question sarah responded to a few last week and they're online but um alice has said what do you think can improve the registration experience visitor journey for attendees mm. Um, well, my initial thought to that is um, it, there's a few things, really. I think, firstly, there's some simple things, um, even down to sort of music, um, even down to crowd management, um, you know, welcoming people to the show. Um, and that's not an ops necessary responsibility. That's also that's something that I think that the show team should be out there at 9am when the doors are about to open, welcoming people asking them how their journey yes. was, hearing their frustrations, thanking them for coming, especially now, you know, they need, the show team needs to be out there um, meeting and greeting people um, and seeing their experience. Um, I know when I um, became a contractor and I was, you know, that's where I would be when doors were open and often you'd be there with the ops manager and no one else in the show team would be there. But I think we really need to encourage the team to be welcoming people to the show Mm. just in the same way retail they're standing on the door they're welcoming you into the shop it's a nicer experience yeah um, definitely actually that. media um, i always think media tend to do a great job at that mm. you know um i remember when they took over the ideal home show um and they had the kind of green men you know dressed in like they were in made of grass and 
and they and they had smells coming through and music playing and a band and you know, marching bands and all kinds of stuff it was a real experience and obviously that's consumer but we're all still people visiting events aren't we it's not like we switch off our, um our identity or our human needs and yeah. just because we're going to be event as well and reassurance that's what people need reassurance when they come to events now you know yeah they they've they've taken that step to come to the event but they're probably still a little bit unsure about what to expect it's not going to be what they're normally used to um and i think just having that personal welcome just just gives you that nice feeling doesn't it I, it does for me mm. yeah absolutely Fab, right so one area where there'll be increased focus will be data gathering and mm. Which kind of brings in Joe's just put on there about um, kind of Reg not being a one size fits all and and it depending on demographic and the individual and stuff. So, so is this going to be an opportunity um, to? Oh, hold on, let me just pop. Um, is this going to be an opportunity? Do you think um, for us to be a bit more clever about registration and 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 just the visitors in general? Mm. So, more yeah i think so I think, yeah i think i mean we always ask i mean this is a marketing problem we always ask them way too many questions there's this you know negative uh, i think it's a bit outdated this idea that we should punish people because they didn't pre-register so we're going to make them fill in a form or we're going to make them fill in that's just i mean why as it's, it's just so dated i think we need to get rid of that and that's something that i'm talking about a lot with the exhibition marketeers at the moment um you know gathering data a lot of the data people filling in a registration is just blah 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 just to get through it because they want to get into the trade show um i think that actually the experience should trump some of that you know legacy definitely get rid of them make that much more streamlined there's going to be some logistical issues anyway with the um whatever we need to, we need to collect from them there might be some data that we have to collect from them for legal purposes um but actually yeah. just, just don't, that punishing visitors because they haven't pre-registered that's a marketing that fits into marketing that's not ox at all i think we need to drop that legacy <laughs> let's start fresh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes i know let's find this opportunity for sure in terms of the on the kind of health side of things um there's a possibility we're going to need to and probability actually that we're going to need to gather some very specific data and it's not going to be to do with what what marketing budget they've got or what what budget they've got to spend on x product and stuff so um i hope it doesn't end up that we just replace the data gathering and then and then when it's all over we go back to to where you're at saying where um, we're gathering just needless well it's not needless it's just tossing up the balance isn't it well, my words are not coming out <laughs> well i've always you, know, you can say needless because you know the argument for having that what budget do you have um is a so that the sales team and we can then say these people attended and this is their budget but if you're the marketing manager for tesco you're probably likely only going to know your budget you're not going to know the mark, total marketing budget for tesco so actually i would say to a certain extent it is needless questions um and, and that's one of the things that we we're working on at the moment with the marketers about just dropping those needless why just questioning mm. why why do you do that if it's not to improve the lives of your attendees then really, you know, all the value, then what's, what's the, what's the point? 
Good point. <laughs> All right, we're going to get on to a sticky one here. What, so what do you think the reasons are behind um, our tricky relationship? Not your, yours and mine, but um, <laughs> marketing's tricky relationship at times. So I think one of the, the things I've encountered quite a lot is budget. You know, marketing and ops people are the only members of the team that are managing their own budget. Sales don't manage budgets. Um, and we're both often incentivized to come in under budget. And if you've got two people in a room who are financially incentivized personally to come in under budget, they're going to do everything in their power not to spend a penny uh, at all. Um, so often when I've had an idea, the first question that's come at me is, whose budget is going on? <laughs> whose budget is that? Whose budget is that? And it was only when I became an event director and when you managed the whole entire PL, and I was just like, Mm. My budget, you know, you know, you can take that power back, but as a marketing versus ops, it's two people yeah. who are personally, you know, financially incentivized. That's really tricky um, to manage. I don't know what yeah. it's like from your side. Well, we we um, we generally don't like marketing because you guys spend the money first. So when it comes to budget cuts, um, you've usually spend yours, so it comes up. <laughs> it's like, damn it, you know. So. You see a, an ops person racing to get the POs in. Um, it, you know, there's a there's a time period in which you have to make it happen mm. to avoid being that your budget gets chopped. Because mm. um, like marketing campaign, like twelve weeks out, it's all done and dusted. Mm. Or twelve weeks in operations, that's when we really actually start finalising finalising the costs and, and the prices and the POs and. And, and so, unfortunately, that's where we, we get um, the brutal chops. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's a, if I if you <laughs> if I was being bluntly honest, which I am, um, that's where we most come to blows because you're like, I've got nothing. You've spent it all, and yet you mm. want me to also achieve all of this. Mm. Um, and not, sometimes, also, you know, when we were talking about, um, you know, how you've this was pre this conversation, but how you would find helpful if ops were able to say, right, I've got this much budget and I can achieve this with it. Mm. Quite often, we might have had that budget to achieve that, but, but we usually get slashed um, yeah. sometime in the eight weeks. And then so what we ha have promised is no longer there. And I guess over time, um, then you become, um, you know, your mindset is that oh, I'm going to have half that anyway, so I need to err on the side of caution. Mm. Yeah. Um, it does come down to um, a bit of territory mm. stuff. You know, this is my pot, that's your pot, never the twain shall meet. Mm. Um, it all comes down, I think, to making sure you've got a strong event director who can almost um, navigate that and set some good, strong lines in there as to the overall show's direction I mean, mm. like you were just saying event director it, it became a different thing it was like well it's the show budget not mm. that budget or budget it's the overall p and l so yeah if I we think don't, you, yeah uh, we're all a bit budget really aren't we yeah and i think you know the average it normally it's about 65 to 85 pound per visitor that it takes to bring a visitor to the show um, I know, you know, you could just argue, why don't we all just give them a tenner when they arrive? Um, that might be a bit cheaper than marketing to them. Um, but I think if there's, you know, that's, is that going to get more expensive post COVID? I don't know, but 
you know, if we're going to start building features and putting them on the marketing budget, maybe we just need to know a bit more about what those potential costs are or maybe bringing having that conversation much mm -hmm. earlier in the cycle because some of those features might actually help attract visitors and we can do that will reduce the average cost of a visitor attending um, and just make it appeal to it a bit more. Yeah, hadn't thought about it that way. Mm. And I have no idea that that's the kind of range. Not a clue. Mm. Ops people really need to know that. Some people probably do. I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, it's Maybe expensive, isn't it? I've not been taking any notice. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, is there a greater role for marketing and ops in leading sponsorship? Mm. Yes, I think so. I mean, I know that, um, because I, um, I saw a change in my career, personally, from being a marketing manager to being pushed more towards event manager role, um, which obviously is more traditional of the sales mm -hmm. role. Um, when I started taking uh, an interest in commercials, and when I mean that, I mean generating revenue and coming up with some ideas. So just stop being that, oh my God, sales people are annoying. Um, I wish they'd move out of, my, out of my way, go and sell something. And you actually start feeding <laughs> them with ideas. Um, I think if operation, ops people can go to event directors and say, look, I've seen this on another show. I think we can use it as a sponsorship opportunity. You're just being seen as being commercially minded. And I think that that just mm. starts seeing you being just seen in a different light rather than being somebody like a marketeer that spends money. You're, you're seen as somebody, oh, she's actually commercially driven. Oh, let's bring her into the conversation. Mm. And you're... And because we know more about the events normally anyway, the actual mm. what's going on, you just, you just become much more senior in those, in those roles and in those conversations. That's my experience anyway. Mm. Um, mm. It's, definitely, it's quite interesting. I would, mm. I would agree. I would agree with you. Um, you know, quite often we are drivers in creating experiences or even creating conversations mm. um, quite often ops and marketing are the people that last um in the team longer than sometimes the sales teams or even the event directors so quite often on an event we'll be one of the longest standing even if we're outsourced mm. experience that you build over what has worked what hasn't worked your audience your exhibitors you know your exhibitors generally know you by name more so sometimes than even their account manager because you help them out on this that time and you can kind of that i think that that experience that ops and marketing have on shows is is not maximized in our industry at all um and i think probably again kind of down to everybody doing too many shows it's like you know rip and strip rip and strip you know through every show in the calendar whereas the event teams sometimes are just concentrating on one event what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, one of the frustrations I've had quite a few times is when I've gone to shows that are, if I'm in, when I was at Reed Exhibitions, for example, and I'd walk into uh, another show in the portfolio and I'd be like, that's amazing. Why haven't we got that? And they're like, well, you didn't ask. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm asking for. And I think that's the truth is that often marketers don't know what they're asking for. We're not ops people. We, we perhaps, and this is a failing of us is that we don't go to as many trade shows as we should. We should be at, mm. at them all the time. 
helps people traditionally go to more events so they see more things they're out there being inspired more um so i think some more guidance on on that um and and just yeah anything that you know and that you can share is always you know so much more appreciated by the team especially if it's going to generate revenue and or bring businesses in Mm. Right, I'm going to come back to, thank you for that. I'm going to come back to a question from Amy. Mm. Um, horses, and I've left it to last because we've got some exciting news to tell you all. <laughs> so a, a while back, I'd kind of um, sketched out the outline of a course um, uh, called the Event Manager's Guide to Operations. And over the last couple of weeks, Katie and I have been working so much together on the Ops Nest and chatting and stuff. Um, we've actually decided to kind of extend it a little and and it's now the event manager's guide to operations and marketing so the idea is um a lot of event managers or event directors new into their role sometimes have never touched a pnl are generally from the sales or commercial side rather than ops and marketing and and that's where the big mistakes happen and kind of getting a new event manager kind of bedded in into how a show the whole show runs um is certainly um a bit of a challenge for us and i think the same for katie so so we've got a little one day course coming up in case you've got any event managers that might need a little assistance um, <laughs> <laughs> um but amy's question was slightly broader um which is what event marketing courses training would you suggest for events ops people to do and especially for a small agency where there are just there aren't distinct roles. Mm. So um, there are no event marketing courses. Full stop. There aren't event marketing courses for event marketers, which is why I've launched one, which is happening in October. Um, it's there's lots of marketing courses, and um, if you want to have a general overview of marketing, there's lots of um, LinkedIn Learning has got lots of courses, and there's lots of videos on YouTube um, that will give you the basics to marketing. Um, but we, we've launched, I mean, I've launched a, an event marketing masterclass one day conference for this exact reason, because it just doesn't exist, unfortunately. Um, operations, um, maybe that's something we do, we can do if there's, if there's a need for it. Um, but definitely something in the future, there's just nothing that's specific for, that I found that's specific about event marketing. Mm. It's sort of a lot of, it's a bit like, yeah. ops, you sort of learn on the job. Yeah which costs money. I was mm. tossing the other day, like my proper massive mistakes that I've made and how much they've cost over 25 years or whatever. And I don't even want to say how much money I've cost <laughs> on learning on the job. Yeah. <laughs> like grand here, two grand there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right, we're way over time as, oh, as okay. always. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You.